welcome to the Hump Podcast hey, with Facebook. Garrett, Christian, and Micah. <laughs> he threw me off so much. <laughs> <laughs> Rewind. <laughs> we'll just keep going with it. We're happy for you to join us. Um, we are continuing this study through the Johann- Johannine Epistles. Um, we're on 1 John, and today we're looking at 1 John chapter 2. Um, we're back in person together. We're here at Jamestown recording, so that's a good thing. And um, the big city, yeah, big city, Jamestown. Mike a lot of is anticipating being a father. Yeah. Well, actually, there's a decent chance I am a father when you're listening to this. So. True that. Um, I believe you already are a father. Yeah. Because I believe in life in the womb. <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> I believe you're my father. Well, let's get into that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so hey, welcome, man. <laughs> glad to be here. I don't really know where to go now that that we've gone to that, open that door. Um, well, ironically, the the first verse in First um, John two one is "My little children, I'm writing to you." So, my little children. I feel like you could have just read that normal, and like it would have been like, oh, yeah. "Yeah, cool." And but he, the fact that you were like, he made it creepy. Yeah, you made it weird. Like, <laughs> I mean, not just like my little children, and then you're just like, <laughs> "I write this to you." So I, I mean, just you could have just been like, "Yeah, the chapter two starts with my dear children." You know, it's funny that we're talking about kids, and you actually could have like seamlessly just been like, "So we'll jump in." And now we're in a weird spot where we don't know where to go from here. Um, yeah. But this is where we thrive. This, this is, is these weird moments is where we thrive. This is so. Hey, what we're doing today is, uh, if you have not listened to last week's podcast, we went through First yeah. John chapter one, and we're just going to take a chapter at a time. Basically, think of this as an audio Bible study where mm. you can go down the road and have a Bible study by your lonesome with me, Micah, and Garrett, and you know just listen to God's word. Kind of hear some things. And then when you get home, you can study it for yourself. You're never alone. You're never alone. God's always with you. Amen. <laughs> but I, Hey, thanks um, for joining us today <laughs> on the podcast. Uh, no hum moment today, and we'll see you next time. Baby. See <laughs> hey, 1 John chapter 2, we this left off. This has been a wild two and a half minutes. It has been. Um, Should we delete all if this? If anyone... <laughs> yeah, I feel like... Like you said, Christian, like we probably should have just started over in that intro, but you know... Yeah, it's too easy. Here's the thing, man. People listen not because we're smart. Uh... People listen because we're idiots. So, Amen. And that's what I, I, I mean, I hang my hat at the end of the day on the truth that I'm an idiot. But even so, idiots can learn hey, the great truths from God's Word. Well, we're going through a, a series on Sundays right now called Unlikely Disciple. Uh, it's mm-hmm. about Peter. And, I mean, you just get just like, he's just a, a man. Like, he's just a man. He's not, not, he's educated. not really special. I mean, he is because... You know, Jesus says he is, and we're all special for that same reason, but he's just a dude, and he screws up. I like that passage and where he's like, you know, he does the confession. He's like, you know, who do you say that I am? And he's like, oh, you're you're Jesus. You're the Messiah, the son of the living God. And he's like, yeah, like, way to go, Peter. And then he's like, yeah, and I'm going to die. And Peter's like, no one's going to touch you. And he's like, get behind me, Satan. And he's like, oh, oh that one fell off pretty quick. You know, like, I just like <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, I relate to that. So um, to your point. We as as ignorant, we won't use the word, we won't use the other I word, but as ignorant, ignorant. meaning just not knowing um, That's right. that we uh, are still loved by God and we are called dear children in First John, chapter two, verse one. 
First John chapter two kicks off where we left off last week. Yeah, uh, we were talking <laughs> at the end of chapter one. There you go. <laughs> exactly right. We're back together t- in person today, so <laughs> it's gonna get we're rough. a little excited, a little uh, <laughs> a little giddy. We don't have to like wait for the other person to stop talking so that our mic can pick exactly. up. Exactly. When you're doing it on Zoom, if you interrupt someone else, then you can't hear what they're saying. You can only have one person talk at a time. Right. So we just interrupt each other in person. Yeah. So. Let's do that. <laughs> at the end of First John chapter 1, we uh, looked at sin, how if we say we have not sinned, we are a liar, and his word is not in us. We mentioned briefly about the start of chapter 2. Uh, and in the start of chapter 2, as we've mentioned, John says, look, my little children... I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. So, so the purpose of, of this, as we talked about last week, this is possibly a letter. It might not be a letter. It doesn't have the same letter format as other epistles that we read. Um, but what John is writing, he says, I'm writing these things that you may not sin. But, and I think this is important, John knows that, look, we're to not sin. This is the purpose of what he's writing, but he knows that we will sin. And as Christians, if you've been a Christian long enough, guess what? You go no, you go mess up. Yeah, uh, you are gonna sin. But the beauty in this is that hey, if we do sin, you know what we got? We have an advocate. We have a advocate. We have somebody who is there with us. We have somebody who is helping us, who walks alongside with us. And that advocate, with the Father Jesus Christ, the righteous. It goes on verse two. It says He is the propitiation with mm-hmm. our sins. And I think then we do it we did we an episode absolutely did on one. propitiation. Yeah. So if propitiation. you're interested in what that word uh, means, propitiation, you should find it in the title. Find so it. Go back and Yep, you can find in, it in the yeah. title. You can listen to that episode. It was episode. probably 10, 12, 15 episodes ago. It's been a little yeah. while, so. But but it briefly a propitiation is a sacrifice that bears God's wrath and turns it into favor. If you if you read the CSB they translate that as atoning sacrifice, not propitiation. Um, and then they put a footnote that it could be translated propitiation based off of the Greek. But it's it essentially is is just saying that right here we have Jesus acts as the advocate, as essentially he stands in the throne room of God and says, "I'm going to be their def- defense attorney." He's he's that's what that term advocate is. And God says, "Okay, well." what's their defense and jesus says that Me. i was their atoning sacrifice and and that's essentially what is being said here is i'm defending them okay what what grounds of defense do they have and jesus says Me. yeah yeah that's what mine i was going to note mine in verse two says uh he speaks we have one who speaks to the father in our defense um so you kind of said garrett that you know metaphorically maybe even literally but Jesus talks to God and says, you know, here's here's the defense for my client. Uh, since we're made in the image of God, and since Jesus is God, does that mean that if I talk to myself, that's part of my image bearing? Or <laughs> I think you're just crazy. No. <laughs> well, I've heard it both ways. <laughs> you talk, so, so basically you're saying anybody that is a crazy person. I'm a crazy person. Exactly, uh, just talking to God. I, I talk to myself a decent amount, probably a concerning amount. To be I honest. do too. Um, I teach myself a lot, um, which is interesting because, you know, how well, can you I teach would, yourself? In college, when I, I, I lived by myself um, for Best a time. years of your life. Lovely. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I loved it. But I will say, when you're, because there was one summer where I lived. Um, on campus, I and think if we put myself, you by yourself for a couple of years, I think you might. I think you would kind of lose it. 
Well, because I think like at the end of it, you like seriously would just be like, I can you just I, you would just make up another world and live in it. I think he would evolve. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think he would probably get a lot of writing done. I don't know. But anyway, when I was there, I would I talked to myself a lot just yeah. because you know you, you like hearing your the voice of someone even if it is yourself i mean i talk but to i would talk to myself and then respond to myself okay i don't do that i, I will like, say i don't carry on conversations with myself but i, I feel like this just turned into a therapy session <laughs> weird confessions here let me grab this couch real quick um anyway so, everyone here is the the screeching of a couch yeah, getting me. I, yeah. so now that i've distracted you what were you saying Garrett? go ahead I th- what yeah. what are we talking about i don't know we can move on verse three yeah so verse I mean, three that's fine <laughs> All over the place today. All right, so verse 3, and by this we know that we have come to know him. So there is evidence, and I love uh, what John does here. He shows us evidence that, hey, we know that we've come to truly know Jesus if, if what? If we keep his commandments. So one of the ways you can know, and I think a lot of times we, in our Christian walk, we we get discouraged because we're like, oh, people struggle with, am I really a Christian? Uh, Have I really been saved by God's grace? I I don't know. And I think one of the ways we can truly know is, hey, if you're keeping the commandments of God, are you going to be perfect? No, we've already discussed that earlier in chapter two. We're going to sin. But if you are truly striving to keep his commandments, guess what? First John chapter two, verse three says, you truly know him if we keep and, and it's important that, like you said, keeping his commands isn't what brings salvation. Exactly. Um, and, and at the end of, or in verses 5 through um, 10 of chapter 1, John is really emphasizing, you know, we've, we've all sinned. To say we haven't sinned, to say that you're free from sin is a lie, and you're and making that's God out to be so. a lie. So, so yeah. <laughs> and, and then he goes on, at kind of like, off of that, hey, we've all sinned, so we all need a defense attorney in Jesus and we all need to know what he's defending us from. And and so he's not as eloquent as, um, as Paul would be. You know, if you, if you read through Romans, you're going to have this really complex breakdown of, of what's called penal substitution, um, which is basically how the atonement works. Um, but John is using these two words, advocate and, um, propitiation or atoning sacrifice, the, the two words that are used there, in order to basically synthesize penal substitution. And so what he's saying is because Jesus took on the penalty that we deserve for our sins, because he took on the wrath of God that we deserve for our sins, and then gave us his righteousness, we have confidence that we're saved. And out of that confidence of salvation... Well, how do we grow to know him more? We begin, we continue to keep his commands. We follow his teachings. Um, and, and and then John is almost kind of using para, um, parallelism when he goes on to say in verse 4, the one who says, I have come to know him, and yet doesn't keep his commands, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. So he's kind of reflecting back on when you say you're without sin, you're making God out to be a liar. Now he's saying if you say you know God, you know Christ simply because you know that he was the atoning sacrifice for you, and you say you know him, and yet then you go and do something completely contrary to his nature, well, you're a liar. And the truth of God 
isn't in you because if it was in you, your life would be changed as a result. So he's not saying this to say you're saved by your works, by what you do, but he's saying when you are saved, it's going to change what you do. Mm. And to say that you know God and then completely live a contrary life to that is making yourself out to be a liar of that Mm. truth. So in this case, chicken or the egg? Which comes first? Um, so, what would be the chicken <laughs> and what would be what, the egg? Gotcha. Exactly. <laughs> Use them out. Um, yeah, you know, something I've, I've I've really struggled with in my own walk in the last year. Like Christian was kind of alluding to this is if you if you struggle to know kind of where you stand and, and something that I've thought about a lot is is being lukewarm. Uh, and in Revelation, we see you know one of the letters to the churches. You all probably all know who it is, but I don't. So. Um, he says, you know, calls him basically lukewarm, and he's like, it's better to be hot or cold because lukewarm, I'd put in my mouth and chew him up and spit him out. Vomit you. Yeah, and so something I've kind of struggled with is, like, how do you know you're lukewarm? You know, I mean, how do you... Because there are times in my life where I feel like I'm definitely lukewarm, and then there are times in my life where I'm like, well, I don't think I am, but, but also look at mm-hmm. my life. You know, I can look at what I do, what laws I follow, what... You know what, following Jesus's commandments, and and so I think like Christian was saying, I think that how, how you choose to live and what you do, we're we're obviously gonna mess up, but what you desire to do, you know, and Paul has that, and I think Romans seven where he, you know, for what I do not want to do, and that whole thing, that's like my life mantra is that whole passage where Paul is just like, life is so hard, basically. Um, it I have I've struggled with that a lot, and and something I have to often remind myself is is what Christian was saying. It's not. It's not by, and what Garrett is saying, it's not by what we do. That's not what earns it. Of course, that can kind of define what we believe. Yeah. Um, but it's it's not by our own. And Romans 9, and actually it was Garrett that shared this passage with me a couple, well, I guess it was about a year ago. Um, it's not by the desire desire of man, but it's by the mercy of, of Jesus. It's by the mercy of God that we're saved. And so um, I think if you're struggling with that, if you're like me, and, and it's partially identity, it's an identity crisis in a sense of, of who you are in Christ and that you are a child of God and you are made in His image. If you kind of struggle with that like like I do, um, you know, remind yourself that, that you know, as he is, is talking about here in chapter 2, that we have a, a defender uh, and we can uh, we can kind of measure our life and that's how we're measured is, is by the commands that we follow. And again, it's not that those earn it, but those indicate yeah. What we say we believe, and what John's trying to get a point, get across right here is, hey, he doesn't want us to just talk the talk. Yeah, you know, he, he wants us to walk the walk. Verse six, he says, hey, if you abide in me, um, you ought to walk in the same way in which he walks. So, yeah. so if you abide in Jesus Christ, you, you remain in Him. If you are truly saved, you know what, you need to walk the same way Jesus walked. Which is is exactly what you know. This is almost direct quotation or a synthesis of the direct quotation from Jesus in John's Gospel. Um, in, in John 15, when right. he's talking about the, the true vine, remain in me and I'll remain in you. So uh, you'll produce fruit by remaining in, in me. So your actions pour out of you as a result of the fact that I am within you. And so those actions that pour out will be, in, in the terms of Paul in, in Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit. Mm. Um, and and that's really important to know. I, I really like what's said... <clears throat> As he continues on in verses seven through ten, um, how does he, are you all using the NIV? ESV. ESV. How does it translate that first part there in verse seven? Um, the beloved, I am writing. Beloved. To you. Okay. Yeah. What's NIV? Um, mine says colleagues. 
colleagues. No, I'm just kidding. This is friends, countrymen, dear, dear friends. Yeah, so yeah. mine is dear friends as well, but the word is beloved. That means yours is um, wrong, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> so the word the word is beloved, and you know what what is the title of John the disciple? What's he known the as? One who John loved. the beloved. The beloved disciple. Yeah. So it's it's almost like a callback. Because he's writing to people that know that he's known as the beloved disciple. Um, and so he says, I'm writing um, you a new command. I'm, I'm, I'm not writing you a new command, but an old command that you have had from the beginning. The old command is the word that you have heard. Yet I'm writing to you a new command, which is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. The one who says he is in the light but hates his brother or sister is in the darkness until now. The one who loves his brother or sister remains in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. And so so he's referencing this old command, you know, the old command that they all would have known, you know, God so loved the world, or God is love. And, and he's emphasizing this attribute of God's nature of being love, of being of bringing that love into the world through Jesus. But now he's saying, I'm giving you a new command. If you don't love your brother or sister, you're acting contrary to the light. You're in darkness. Um, One way to think of it is, if you look across the the aisle at church, or um, if you don't have aisles at church, if you look down at someone and you just have contempt in your heart for that person, and you're just, that person, you just really don't like that person, and they're a fellow Christian, how do you expect to live in all of eternity with that person if you have hate in your heart for that person? Mm-hmm. Now, we are, we're going to be, you think you're just going to sit at a different table for all of eternity? You think you're just going to be away from that person for all of eternity? You know, there is no room for hate within a the heart of God. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Yeah, there, there's no hate. Uh, there's no room for hate within the heart of God, which means there's going to be no room for hate within eternity. Mm. So, how I can we wait. say that we expect to live in eternity while we hate someone else that we're going to be with in eternity? And that doesn't mean you just <clears throat> instantly snap your fingers and say, "I'm no longer going to hate that person." But, but John well, is emphasizing the fact that the Spirit, if it's flowing through you, there's going to be, be growth. Yeah, it'll yeah. it'll be a spirit that relies on love yeah. because love is light yeah. and hate is darkness what's that what's that word that we we've done a study on yeah. growth what um it's one of those justified sanctified sanctification, sanctification. Sanctif- yeah. Yeah, here we go hey <laughs> process of sanctification hey there's one of your hosts on the hub podcast doesn't remember <laughs> words so and what's happening you know jesus he mentions the old command something that the jewish people they would have known the old command by heart. I mean, you think Deuteronomy 6, 5, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And Jesus, with all your yeah, strength. Jesus is not coming in and like, all right, we're changing things up. Like, forget to love God. Like, like that's not the new command. It's just like a, a refreshing. It's yeah. it's almost like, you know, when you're on uh, the internet and you hit the refresh button. This is a refresh F5, button. Yeah. Uh, F5, is that refresh? Yeah, buddy. Hey, there's your shortcut for the day. F5, hey. I might use that. Come at, well, I... And that I command Mac, you're referencing, so. <laughs> command is what I always think to say. But well, that command you're referencing, it, it is it's the default command. It's the it's the command of the law. And you know, Jesus says, "Command C." Yeah, no, copy. <laughs> uh, he was questioned by the Pharisees. You know what? What does the law say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with yeah. all your mind, with all your soul. That's the first and primary command. And the second is like it: love your neighbor as yourself. Mm, so yeah. the first one he's he's quoting 
the Shema, um, and then the second one, he's, he's quoting Leviticus 19.11, and, and both of those two laws together encompass the the first part, you know, the first five ten command of the Ten Commandments are about the way you behave in regards to God, and the second five are the way you would behave in regards to other. And Jesus is saying, if you love God and you love others, you're obeying the law. And so, you know, that is the point. You know, what you're like, what you're saying with him reminding them of the old command. That's the old command. The law is about love because God is love, right. and God brought His Son into the world because of love. Yep. Yeah. He was, that was the point of Jesus coming down to show them, all right, they knew what the command was, God. Jesus is refreshing it, showing them what love <laughs> is in the flesh, uh, showing them what love looks like mm. on earth, uh, truly. And John just, you know, continuing just to go on, hey, You've heard the um, you've heard the old commandment, but hey, the old commandment is the word that you've heard. At the same time, it is a new commandment, so it is a a refreshment of the old. Look, it's just a reminder, guys. Love, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's not a, a new rule or a new law that they had to learn. It was something they already knew. They just had to. It's just the remember. fact that now that the Spirit is in you, exactly. that love should just pour out of you. Yep. Yeah, yeah, um, and. That, that, I think it's just so that that point I made about living in eternity and not, you know, how do we expect to live in eternity with other Christians that we hate? Um, it's one that, you know, I didn't come up with, with that example. Someone else did, but I think it's just so important. Give for them us credit, Plagiarizer. Wendell Roberts. <laughs> hey, shout out to the man, Wendell Roberts. Hey, do you think in that. heaven I'll be able to shoot par in golf? <laughs> I don't know. I won't. <laughs> I already know that. <laughs> but you won't get mad, will you? Not in heaven. True. There's no you'll, sin in heaven. You'll never miss the mark. That's what I'm saying. You won't throw your golf club and you won't, you know. Um, It'll be a I feel like point. everyone will shoot par in heaven, right? Like, no one will even break par. If I don't shoot under par in heaven, I'm going to be upset. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. <laughs> um, I think my drives will probably go straight. I'll probably have that that 7 to 10 yard draw that I always want. Uh, anyway, so I don't think we'll be shooting, playing golf, and having person. You don't think so? No. Garrett's not. <laughs> Lame. <laughs> no. Well, but hey, going to verse fifteen. So we're we're talking about love. We're talking about this new commandment uh, that is just a reminder of the old commandment that they already knew. Verse fifteen, John brings in this idea: Do not love the world or the things in the world. Mm-hmm. So he's mentioned love, uh, as in to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. He's mentioned this, but now there's another reminder here, like, hey, guys, do not love the world. Uh, and, you know, this is the issue that I personally have is sometimes I fall in love with the things of this world, with the things that don't last, with the things that wither away, with the things that I can't take to heaven with me. The moths are going to eat. The moths, they're going to eat. They're going to destroy it. Rest, it's going to take it away. But you know what? Uh, John's calling us, don't fall in love with the world. I, I think too many people, they love their 80, maximum 90 to 100 years of life that they're going to have on earth. Mm. Uh, and, and they're missing uh, they're missing what is greater. Yeah, for me, my big thing with this one um, is, f- for me personally, is like materialism. Um, as my wife says, I'm the wantonest thing out there. You know, like I'm I always want something. Bless your heart, child. Um, and and I've ju- I've justified it before. Like, well, yeah, I always want something because I don't buy it, but I do buy stuff. Uh, I think though, I just think that I don't think this is just me. I think this is a pretty common thing because I'll catch myself, like I told Jenny not too long ago. I was like, man, there's like two things that I want, and if I can like 
there's just like two things that I've been really wanting for a while, and they're like pointless stuff, like a, a you know, like a new uh, desk or something for like just stuff that's stupid that you don't yeah. need, like a new set of irons. Like, I mean, yeah, I want I've tried those to bad, catch but myself like, and and so I've noticed, I, I've noticed that about myself, and I'm like, man, just how easy. I don't know that I would say wanting a new set of irons would be love for the world. But I think that that's a, that's a footstep in the right direction. You know, it's a it's a step in the right direction. Yep. Well, I, in the wrong direction, I guess. If it's your first but, priority for sure. That's what I'm saying. Is is how easy it would be to say, that's what I want, and then all of a sudden I'm starting to to, to look at them more, and I'm I'm spending time researching irons instead of spending time in the word, or or I'm lo- losing my priorities over this. And how easy how easy yeah. you're you're well, I just want this harmless thing can turn into a love. Of things of this world. Have you all ever heard of Brother Lawrence? Yes. Um, the the book uh, Practicing the Presence of God. Um, it's it's a book where this there's this monk named Brother Lawrence who um, came into contact with another guy, um, and they had this correspondence between each other. And this guy came to realize that Brother Lawrence, you know, he had no title, he had no responsibility. He was his job within the monastery that he was at was to clean up the dishes and and um, work in the kitchens. But this guy, this person that had no prior education, knew God in a more profound way than probably anyone else in modern human history because he did what was called practicing the presence of God. And he forsook the world and the things of the world simply because all day, every day, he just thought about God. And and, and what he said was if, if there was ever a time that he felt himself drifting away from God, he would always pray for God's grace to come upon him and bring him back. Hmm. And so his sole focus was to maintain this presence within with God and to focus on the joy that comes from that. This guy had nothing. He lived in a monastery. He washed dishes all day other than when he went with his fellow uh, brothers in the monastery <coughs> to, to pray or worship. And yet he was more content than I think the richest people in this world will ever be. Because what he focused on was practicing the presence of God. And any time the world started to distract him away from practicing that presence, he brought himself back through prayer. And I I just wonder, what would Christianity be like if all of us, in the same way that Brother Lawrence did, focused on practicing the presence of God? How much different would the light of Christianity be? Because hmm. I think the reason why there's the re, the reason why Christians and the church has a bad name is because darkness infiltrated the church. You know, hmm. look at the Crusades. The Crusades had nothing to do with Christians practicing the presence of God, practicing the mind of God. It had to do with allowing the world and the desires of the world to infiltrate the the establishment of the church. Hmm. And as a result, darkness invaded the actions of the church because they stopped practicing the presence of God. Yeah, and if we practice that, like in, in what John is, is saying here, if we don't love the world, if we don't love the things of the world, how do we emphasize? You know, we live in the world. How do we strive not to love the world? Well, by practicing Removal being the in the world. presence yeah. of the one yeah. who isn't in the world. Uh, high moment for today. Uh, y'all familiar with Valparaiso, the college? Yes. The Did you of see that they changed their mascot? 
to the Beacons. They were the Crusaders. They've now changed the it beacons. to the Beacons. Was the Crusaders offensive? It was the it's, negative connotations. Oh, yeah. they should have just been the Billy Graham Crusaders. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That would have been a better way that they Valparaiso were. Valparaiso Billy Grahams. Yeah. I didn't know Valparaiso was a Christian school. I don't know if it is or not. Oh. I think it's a, it has its roots. It, it is Christian because the president came out and said the reason they named themselves the Beacons is because they want to they want to bear the light of Christianity to bring the light to the world. Wow. Yeah, now. I didn't know they were a Christian college no. at all. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I used to play on... Well, a, a lot of Christian colleges have become right. secular in academia. Harvard. So Yale. Yeah. yeah. Harvard and Yale was built originally to to establish preachers and theologians. Right. And now it's... A, and the, not so it anymore. Yeah. So anyway, there's your homework for today. Garrett awesome. was talking about the Crusades, and it just made me think of that. Um, but as another notable radio show in Kentucky talked about they thought bacons would have been better bacons and you just had a mascot that was just a <laughs> strip of bacon dude that would and like be, the whole that would win the kids over gymnasium is just smells like bacon and and like every meal everything in the, the concession stand served bacon hey i'd vote for like, that oh, it would have been a heck of a name i'm already changing kentucky wildcats to kentucky bacon yeah uh, hey i'm hey. for it <laughs> but i like bacon i mean i like bacon's better because of the purpose behind it um what do you think their mascot's gonna be like a lighthouse Oh yeah, it has to be. I mean, that would be. How else? He just has, and he just has a headlamp on his head. It'll probably be a, a guy named Barry Beacon. Just be a guy. <laughs> Barry Beacon <laughs> who carries around a flashlight. Oh shoot, that's funny. Um, Barnabas Beacon. Um, yeah. So, I think it's it's you know this little this little short passage in uh, fifteen through seventeen. I like it. It closes with this uh, in seventeen. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. And I think, uh, like Garrett said, I think. I'm like you, man. If we would just, and I'm putting myself in this because I don't always do it. If we just practice the presence of God, this is something that I've changed. Like, so I'm not really a nature person, uh, and like I know Christian and Garrett are more so than me. Like, I like I know they've just like, hey, we all doing like I oh, were hiking. It's like what? Why would you walk for? Are you, are you allergic to grass? No, I'm not allergic okay. to anything. You're allergic to sunshine. I'm allergic. <laughs> I'm allergic to to effort. Now, um, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I'm just. Not, I've never really been. Um, I just never really been an outside. I mean, like, like I played sports or whatever, but like, hey, you want to go just stand outside in the sun? Like, <laughs> no, not really. Like, that's hot, you know. I just never been, but I will say, over the last, you don't want to go walk trails and get bit by mosquitoes. No, I see it. Like, I'll just walk to my fridge and, but you know, <laughs> no. But over the last, I'm still, I'm still really not into hiking. But, um, like when we go golfing or if I'm outside, I always, I try to look at nature differently. Over the last five years, I've really tried to as a discipline of this is God's creation and I desire to be in it. Um, and so even like something like that, uh, you know, talking about being in the presence of God, I, I'm trying to make myself instead of the selfishness of I'm, I want to be lazy and sit in the air conditioning and not get sunburnt. I take it as it's an honor for me to be able to be in it because this mm-hmm. is God's creation that I, mm-hmm. that I get to connect with and I get ultimately to connect with the creator my creator through what he has created. Um, and so that, that, that kind of paradigm shift or that shift in my consciousness of nature, I'm still not like, if you're like, Hey, we should go hike today. I'm like, ah, like I'd rather like play disc golf in yeah. the woods, like do something with it. I'm right. not much of like a passive, like let's just walk and, you know, <laughs> I talk I, about our feelings. Frolic, yeah. I just frolic in the field. Yeah, and- I, it, it's just not who I am, but I will say, if you were to ask me five years ago, there would have been zero percent chance. Mm. But now I would be like, 
like how far is the trail? Like quarter of a mile? Oh yeah, I'll go. I can do you know, that. like uh, so it's just and that's for me. Like I like Garrett. So I'm not trying to practice the presence of God, and this brother Lawrence is way more intense about it than I could be at this time. Like it's something that well, I, I would like him, to get to. But for me, it's whatever I'm doing. I'm trying to make the connection and the priority yeah. of what I'm doing about a connection with God. I think for him too, I, I wouldn't say he was intense about it. I would say that it just I don't became know. he was a monk and didn't have anything. That's no, but that's part of like what the book dives into. It um, it it, it really it it's the 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 bulk of the book is only the letters of Brother Lawrence back to this guy. Mm-hmm. But the beginning of it, it kind of is a description of Brother Lawrence and, and so the guy and, who wrote the book. I'm sorry, I'm trying to clarify for myself the guy who wrote basically the book was an editor okay he basically took, was he not a monk he was the guy that wrote um it. he, he I, I think became one eventually okay. at another monastery so brother had, lawrence was the, the monk that the perfected that the, the presence of god yeah. or not perfected um, but, and he didn't okay. want to to write these letters yeah. um or, or he didn't really want to Correspond. to teach on this yeah. um he just he saw the sincerity of this guy that was inquiring about gotcha. the presence of God. And so he had this correspondence, gotcha. and eventually that correspondence got put into this book. Gotcha. Um, but at the beginning of the book, the guy that um, has the correspondence with Brother Lawrence talks about just the demeanor of him, that he just had this joy about him. Yeah. He wasn't intense. He, he was sincere and loving. And, and it wasn't that he was intense with practicing the presence of God. He was the first to tell you that, you know, there are times that he fell away from that. Yeah. But he just emphasized the need for it, but he also talked about the difficulty of it yeah. when you're living in the world. Yeah. And, and I think that's kind of, you, you come on, you, you continue on with, with John here, and I think that's what he's talking about in verses 18 through 23. He talks about the need for us to, at the beginning, to remain in the light, to not love the world, to to remain in the love of God, to let the love of God pour through us, um, but then he talks about how how difficult it is to remain in the will of God, and the reason why it's difficult. Um, verses eighteen through twenty three, John writes, "Children, it is the last hour," um, which is a reference to it's, a, it's an eschatological term that is referencing the fact that the Son of God has entered the world. And now this is kind of the last stage of, of humanity. God has come into the world. Yeah. Um, and he says, And as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. By this we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. However, they went out so that it might be made clear that none of them belonged to us. But you have an anointing, from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I have not written to you because you don't know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar if not the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This one is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. Hmm. No one who denies the Son has the Father. He who confesses the Son has the Father as well. And so there's this, this word that is used, Antichrist, and Ever since I think the series Left Behind has come out, um, everyone associates that term Antichrist with the individual like, person, yeah. Yeah, the bringer of, of. And there has been in the last decade or two many claims of, of Antichrist. Antichrist yeah. Of people. And, and there, that's Pretty much every say, president. You know, yeah, basically. <laughs> that's I mean, what they claim. Revelation yeah, I mean. does specifically emphasize that there will be 
like a one person that is leads the used, charge. Yeah, there's one beast that that will come that'll rise and, and lead the charge. But there's also a, a, a plethora of antichrists. The um, in in verse eighteen, when 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 it's written in the Greek, it that word is a plural word. I mean, and it comes out in the English as well. But that's just John emphasizing, you know. He's not right here in this text, in, in these five verses. He's not s- talking about a single yeah. eventual Antichrist. He's False talking prophets. about yeah, yeah, he's talking about a lot that come in the name of Christ but are actually against Christ. And and it's very we have to be discerning mm. and we have to be able to practice the presence of God. We have to be able to know that the Spirit is pouring pouring through us in order to see through the lies that these people are bringing. Um I used I still have a blog I guess but I don't ever write in it since I started my masters but one of the articles I wrote was called um, the Antichrist Equation and just it's talking about this about the fact that we have overemphasized the eventual one Antichrist and as a result it's diminished the fact that all in the world are people that pop up in the name of Christ and actually pull us away from Christ and closer to the world. And by discounting that, it's making it that much easier for us to fall into the world. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I think it's important for us to see, um, to, to be able to discern and to have the Spirit within us. Yeah, and what to look to for. I mean, he says... Um, such a man is Antichrist, he denies the Father and the Son. And that's what we're looking for is, is, and, you know, we can, as he said before this, we can know of that denial through verbal, whether they verbally deny, or they're obeying of the commands that they have for Jesus. And as, you know, as he's already said, you know, if, um, you know, writing a new command is truth um, is seen in him and in you because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother is still in the light and there's nothing in him to make him stumble. And so you can see by the light of life through that person or through the darkness of their life um, whether or not they are in Christ and whether or not Christ is in them. And that's that's how we can discern and how we can have a an inkling of information into um, their identity as follower of Christ or false prophet slash antichrist, as John would call them. Uh, and so he goes on, and this is kind of where he kind of wraps this up, and uh, 24 um, wraps this little part up in 24 through 27, and then he closes in the last two verses. Uh, he says, see, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, even eternal life. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. Uh, So John really kind of puts this all to a, a closing thing. He's like, Jesus is the one who has anointed you. Remain in him. Everything you need to know, everything that you've been taught, comes from him. And so he, you know, he goes on to say that that is the real anointing. There are fake anointings. There are false anointings. You know, flee from those. Stay away from those. Those are not real. Those are counterfeit. Um, but just as his word has taught us, is to remain in him. And 
And I think this, you know, an element, this is, I think, a, that, that phrase remain in him is, is pretty deep and it has a lot of different little spider webs attached to it as to what that means. But I think ultimately it's, it's be in the presence of God and, and, and dwell on who he is, dwell on his words, and dwell on the spirit that he has allowed to uh, live within us. And this whole passage, we've got to remember, it comes from the beginning of, of the book where he's talking about sin. He's talking about how um, sin, um, if we're living in sin, we're not able to fellowship in mm-hmm. God. And now he's gone through that and showing that there's light and there's darkness. And if we are in the darkness, we're in the world. And if we're in the world, and it just the Spirit is not truly then pouring through us um, because the Spirit of God is is contrary um, to the world. For sure, for sure. And then, and then he uh, wraps it, 28 and 29, And now, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. And I love this kind of close on this thought, um, uh, at least of this iteration of First John in the second chapter, um, of this idea of, all right, children, and now, for my final reveal, no, I don't really think it's that, but his, his conclusion, continue in him so that when he appears, which we know we don't know, when that will be, we we know that much, that we may be confident and unashamed before Him at His coming, uh, and I think that's a. We've talked about this in my Sunday school here at church, and uh, talked about the idea of, uh, you know, Revelation also states that the time is is now. It's it's any time. We uh, we're in the the final hour, as John says before uh, in this, uh, in verse nineteen. Uh, sorry, eighteen. Well, I thought it was a nine. Um, but he's you know it's it's any day now. You know, and uh, we've got to be prepared. We've got to be ready, and, and in order to be prepared and ready, we've got to remain in Him, uh, and and not love the world, but love the the desires of, of God, and and allow the desires of His heart to be the desires of our heart, uh, so we can uh, be ready, not and we can be confident and unashamed before Him at His second coming. Exactly. When you remain in Him, you're not going to have to worry about. We're excited. Uh, we look forward to it. Exactly. Yeah. We look forward to. It. You're going to know what is perfection. Truth. And you're going to know what is correct and what is right. Yep. Why? Because you've walked with him yeah. closely and consistently. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's all we got today, hey. guys. We thank you for walking through us in this journey of 1 John chapter 2. We hope you would join us back next week for 1 John chapter 3. That's I what believe. comes after 2? It's actually, yeah. Dang. Yep, just just recently that just happened. So <laughs> 3. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. After yeah 1 John got chapter 3. We'll go working on through counting. that. Uh, if you have not liked our podcast, whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple, we just encourage that you'd like or subscribe. Scroll down to the bottom of the page. Scroll leave down us to a review. Bottom. Leave us a review. Yeah. Leave a review about Micah. What do you think about him yeah. in general? Uh, next week, I'll let you leave a review for Garrett. Uh, but this week, we'll focus on a review for Micah. Tell him how great he is and what a good or job he's doing on the podcast. <laughs> Dude doesn't even know the word sanctification. So Ask him how it is to be a father because at this point when you're listening. Exactly. Yeah, Hopefully yeah. by the time you listen... Micah will have For no sleep. Hopefully, <laughs> and if I'm not, it's like tomorrow. So, wow. well, congratulations tomorrow. Hey, well, if it hadn't so. happened, well, I mean, when's this coming out? This is we're a week ahead, so this is, gets de- debuted on the 19th, nice. but today is the 12th. And your du- your Jenny's due date's due the 17th, days. but oh, okay. she has uh, 
scheduled on the 20th if we don't deliver naturally. So, wow. so it's here. The time has come. Summer's coming to an end. Yeah. Back to school. Oh, uh, when this comes out, we're already yeah, back we're to school. We're already back in yeah. school. And so. It's weird when we're moving ahead like this. Yeah. It's like so, yeah, we're, we will. Traveling. Yeah, right. we, we won't let you know next time that we're ahead or behind. So, that you way, it's always know. a mystery. And they'll be like, why aren't they talking about that big thing that happened this week? I was like, well, we don't know it yet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us, though. Um, Wait, no. We would have already known. No, no if something happened next yeah, Wednesday. We, we have already recorded. Na, 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 yeah. Talk about Inception. Na, 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 na. Yeah. Uh, so make sure, like Christian said, leave us a review. Uh, what if we let us do? Me- what if we did mention it? And like we're prophets. Then they would just be like, "Well, you recorded it today," and we'd be like, "No, we didn't." And they'd be like, "Yeah, you didn't." Like, "Yeah, you're right." Um, <laughs> so let me. All right, I'll close some prayer. Let's pray. Good idea. God, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for the words of John, um, the beloved, and we just uh, thank you for. Uh, the truth that he uh, has for us, God, the truth that he uh, learned from from you, Jesus, that you taught while you were here on this earth, and God, that you are still teaching through your word and through the spirit you have given us. Uh, help us to remain in you, God, to, to know the truths of your word and to uh, to hold fast to those, God, and, and just uh, desire to hold those tightly to our hearts, God, and just to live a life that you have called us to live that would show that we are followers of you, God, that we would represent and resemble to this world uh, that we are imitators of you so that we would have the kingdom full uh, of Jesus' followers. We love you. We thank you for all the many blessings you've given us, and we just praise you for your death and your resurrection that gives us eternal life and atones for our sins. In your name we pray. Amen.